Good morning and welcome along to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. My name is Rosie and welcome along to our brand new time slot as well. We have now moved, of course, to 11 o'clock and maybe it is your first time listening to the Saturday Splash. So let me welcome you, tell you a little bit what we get up to on Saturday morning. So my name is Rosie. I am a full-time nature nerd. I'm not ashamed to say I love nature in all of its formats and shapes. I love creepy crawly spiders. I love the ocean and getting out there in big wide open spaces all around London and beyond. And here on the Saturday Splash we like to talk about nature in southwest London and all around the world and we have been so lucky to have some fantastic guests this year from scientists to teenagers um, to kids. We've had, had loads of exciting people and we've been speaking about all sorts of weird and wonderful things. So we're here every week on the Saturday Splash on Riverside Radio, but we also have our podcast as well, so you can listen back, and it's the perfect thing if you're going on a long car journey with your kids, and you want to listen to some nature content, um, and kind of have a few games and fun, and test yourself as you go along as well. So you can search search for the Saturday Splash for Kids, uh, where you get your podcast as well, so that's super exciting. Um, But this week on the Saturday Splash, we are actually making a splash, because... It was World Ocean Day this week, and I love absolutely nothing more than the ocean. Um, So, we are going to be taking a splash. In fact, today, I think we're going to be going on a little bit of a voyage around the UK, having a look at various different oceans and coastlines and finding the top five or my top five ocean creatures around the UK. So I'm going to put on my captain's hat, Captain Rosie today. We are going on a voyage around the UK to talk about five amazing ocean creatures that we have living here with us. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash with me, Rosie. And this week is, or was, World Ocean Day. So here on the Saturday Splash. Of course, we've got to make a big splash for World Ocean Day. Now, we are going to go on a little bit of a voyage around the fair United Kingdoms. And I'm going to be talking you through my five top ocean creatures that you could find around this country. And before I do that, I want to ask you, what are your top ocean creatures, either that you can find in this country or you can find around the world? What are you putting on your top five list? What's it going to be? Well, I'll tell you where we're going to start. We're going to start here, right in London. Actually, we're here in Battersea in the studio. We're just going to leave the studio, imagine, walk up to the lovely River Thames. Because of Thames, of course, the river opens up into the ocean. And there are all sorts of amazing different creatures that live in there. Um, there are sharks in there. There are seahorses in there. But my number one creature that we're going to talk about, and we're going to start here near the River Thames, is seals. Yes, we have loads of seals here in the river, in the Thames and around the UK. And apparently, the best place if you want to spot some seals along the river is Canary Wharf. So you just got to pop along to Canary Wharf. They found hundreds of them there one year. Um, you can also see them all the way up to Hammersmith Bridge and even at the O2 Arena down in Greenwich as well. And they are around all year long. Now, the biggest of these seals, and one of the species is called grey seals, can get up to 300 kilograms. So they can get really, really chunky. Um, And in autumn, um, they have pups. Yep, they need, they have these little white, fluffy, cotton ball looking, you might have seen pictures of them before, 
gorgeous white little fluff balls, um, little babies that they have. And they the babies need to eat loads and loads to put on loads of weight before they head off into the water themselves. And before they head into the water, they lose that fluffy white coat as well. Now, if you ever do see a seal around the UK, or even in London, uh, you've got to give them loads and loads of space. Not only are they really, really big, but they're really protective of their babies, so always give them loads of space. And one of my favourite things that I've seen seals do is something called bottling. And this is when they sort of bob up and down in the water, almost like if you put an empty bottle of something in the water, um, it would bob up and down. And that's what seals do. And that's actually one of the ways that they rest and sleep in the water when they're out hunting and having a long time at sea. So if you ever see something bobbing up and down, it might just be a seal. This is Good morning, hello, welcome to the Saturday Splash and here we are celebrating World Ocean Day which was earlier in the week but still it's never too late to make a splash for World Ocean Day and I invited you to come on board on board today i'm captain rosie and we are going on a voyage now we started literally just in the river thames we're not going very far just yet because we're checking out the core ocean animals that live along there so number one on our stop was to look at the seals so yeah the seals are there lots and lots of seals in fact the seals are a really good indicator they're really good to tell us that the river is actually doing quite well it's getting healthier and healthier so lots of people looking after the river thames out there we can all do our bit as well and one thing that i found about the the gray seals that live in the water so they are mammals like you and i and they need to breathe air but of course they're really good at diving to go and get their food and spend time under the water so imagine you're about to hold your breath you take a nice deep breath and then you hold your breath Hey, who knows how long? Maybe 30 seconds, maybe a couple of minutes for some humans if they're really good at it. A seal can do that for 40 minutes. So it's a really, really long time. And one of the things that I found really quite interesting is unlike humans that would take a nice deep breath in and then hold their breath, seals do the opposite. Before seal a seal is about to hold their breath, they actually breathe out. They breathe out all the air that they can and this means that they don't float. It helps them to sink down and get to the bottom of the water. But they are very well adapted for that. They've got really, really special muscles and blood um, that hold lots of oxygen. So a human, a human couldn't quite manage doing the same. But there you go. A seal is number one on our ocean tour of the UK. Next up, we're going to have to travel a little bit further away. We're going to go south, I reckon. We'll go south around the UK. And I was absolutely outstanding out, surprised shocked to hear that we have these creatures that i'm about to describe to you living around the uk so i want you to imagine you, you've gone for a splash in the uk maybe you're around dorset area and there's something called seagrass growing okay so it looks like i don't know big chunky grass growing under the water but what you're looking for is something that's living inside the seagrass. You've got to be really patient because this animal is really shy and it's really secretive and it's really small. There's maybe only like a maximum as long as one of your fingers. So something you might spot with its yellow tail holding on to the seagrass. So this means its tail can work a little bit like our hands can. It's a prehensile tail. And you look, you find something with a yellow tail hanging onto the seagrass. It's got a long nose, a long snout, and a spotty pattern all over its body. Can you work out what I'm talking about? Well, 
we have seahorses living around the UK and you can find them. In fact, I went on a bit of an adventure a few years ago to see if I could find seahorses in the UK. They are very shy. They are very secretive. I didn't quite manage it, but I did see loads of other really really cool things. Um, so they actually live along the west coast of the UK and lots along the south coast as well. A really good place to go if you ever wanted to see them is a place called Studland Bay. And of course, they're in the water. They are quite hard to spot, but that is where they are. And that long snout that they have they actually use that to suck up their food lots of tiny little creatures living in the water they use that snout to suck them all up they don't have teeth so they're not chewing it so they have to break it all up instead using their snout around in the water seahorses have got brilliant eyesight as well imagine your two eyes imagine if you could move them around independently of each other so you could have one eye looking forward and one eye looking back that's what a seahorse can do. Now I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about the amazing seahorses that we have living around our country for the Saturday Splash Big Ocean Tour of the UK. But up next, we have Lil Nas. So far we've been going through some of my top five ocean animals that live around our country. And what what's on your top five? Which can't, uh, which, which ocean creatures would you put on your top five list? They could be from this country or from all around the world. Now, number one, we saw some seals in the River Thames. And number two, we headed down to Dorset and Devon to see some seahorses. Now, in particular, I was really lucky to try and go and see some seahorses myself in the UK. Um, I headed to a place called Studland Bay, which is amazing. It's in Dorset. And I was really, really excited because I was like, oh my goodness, am I going to get to see some seahorses without really going too far? Well, I did mention they are quite secretive. And of course, you got to get wet. You know, I had my, my wetsuit on, my snorkel and everything. I spent hours and hours in fairly chilly water looking for these seahorses. I know that you had to kind of be very careful not to disturb them. Have a look in the long seagrass, which is where they live. And... I didn't see a single seahorse. However, the person that I was with managed to find one and apparently they'd been shouting at me, yelling at me, saying seahorse, seahorse for ages and I just didn't listen um, and I completely missed them. So they were there, but I was just, just missed out on that occasion. But if I had have seen them, what I might have noticed is that actually, even though seahorses are fish, they don't have scales. In fact, instead, they've got, it's more like an exoskeleton, like, a, like an insect might have. They have bony plates on the outside that protect them. And I did mention this seagrass, and the seagrass is really, really important for seahorses. So imagine you're looking underwater, and you see lots of almost like reeds sticking up, growing out from the bottom. This is what's called a seagrass meadow. And in the area in Studland Bay and along the south coast, there are lots and lots of places where seagrass meadows are taken care of. In fact, that place called Studland Bay has recently become a designated marine conservation zone. So there's lots of people out there trying to protect it because it's the best place for seahorses to breed. And it's not just seahorses, lots of other fishies use the seagrass meadows as nurseries for their babies. So I think the south coast, seahorses and the seagrass meadows definitely deserve to be on our tour of ocean creatures around the UK. But now we're gonna get back on board. Captain Rosie is gonna drive us all the way along the south coast around to the west we're going to wales next now the next creature that is on our our list this morning is one that i heard 
In the summer months, crawls up from the deep, dark, murky depths of up to 150 metres in, in, in huge numbers, in, in almost like armies. These creatures, they crawl out of the depths and they come up to shallower water around May, June and July when it starts to get a little bit warm. And they move in hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands, it seems, really, really huge armies of these creatures. Now, I heard this and I decided during the during the pandemic when we were allowed to travel around the UK, but we weren't allowed to go overseas. I thought, right, I want to witness this creature in its thousands coming up into the shallower water. Now, what creature am I talking about? Well, let's see if you can imagine what it could be. It's orange. It, it's got lots of legs, lots of long, spindly legs, a bit like a spider. But its body is, is actually really hard. It's actually um, covered in this hard shell-like. Um, it's got two lovely, long, strong pincers. And it is spiky and it's spiny. What am I talking about? Well, you might be thinking a crab, maybe. Well, you've got to go crab and then go bigger. I am talking about spider crabs. And spider crabs, their bodies, just their bodies, can get up to 20 centimetres wide. And that doesn't include their long, long arms and legs on the side of their body. So these, these spider crabs can get hundreds. Uh, um, can get huge and they do come up in the summer month in their hundreds um, some people think they do that to mate and to meet a partner so I drove myself all this was last year I drove myself all the way out to Wales got up really really early in the morning I was gonna see this this army of spider crabs and I got myself all excited into my wetsuit I was being super safe had a snorkel buddy and everything like that got into the water after a four or five hour journey and I couldn't see a thing. The water visibility was really low, so that meant it was really murky in the water, couldn't see very far, so there could have been thousands of crabs around me. I would never have known. I had to get back out, so keep me nice and safe. So apparently they're out there. They don't necessarily come up onto the beach, but what I did find when I was chilling out on the beach, warming up afterwards, is some of their exoskeletons, because like other um, invertebrates or some animals that don't have a backbone, they molt their, their exoskeleton on the outside and that will get washed up on the beach. And the one that I found was bigger than my hand. It was absolutely huge. And that was just the body of it. Some of its legs weren't quite there. Um, absolutely huge spider crabs. So there we go. That's number three on our stop of amazing creatures around the UK. We're going up north next. We're gonna go a long, long way, all the way to Scotland. What are we gonna find up there? Well, we will find out after this. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash, where we are continuing on our voyage around the UK, looking out for exciting animals and creatures that live in the ocean. So we've already met some seals, some spider crabs and some seahorses. Now I'd like you to imagine you're chilling out on deck on board a boat that's, that's cruising around the western coast of Scotland. Now up here, if you're lucky, you will find, which I think is one of the most exciting creatures that live around the UK, something called a basking shark. Now, you may have seen these before. Um, 
I remember when I was young and I was really into animals and nature reading a book in my school library that had a picture of a basking shark and you you've probably seen one very similar this animal that's got this pointy long nose and this huge mouth that's open and inside you the mouth you can see these white things that sort of hang around almost like some a cage inside its mouth well these are actually it's gills and this is a shark that opens its mouth up really, really nice and big and wide. And it doesn't have sharp pointy teeth like other sharks that we see. Instead, it's a gentle giant. It, it eats mostly plankton and it filters water through its mouth over those gills and it catches tiny little bits of food that's floating in the water. Apart from that, it does look like your typical shark. It's got a long gray body, really big fin on its back, which is quite cool. And I want to just tell you how big they can get. Well, I remember looking at the books in, in my library as a kid and, and looking at this and it really captured my imagination. What is going on there? What kind of creature is that? How big can it get? Well, it can get up to 15 metres long. So I want you to imagine looking out your window and seeing a London bus. A London bus is about 18 metres long. So one of these basking sharks could get almost as long as a London bus, which I think is absolutely insane. They're really, really exciting creatures. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them after this. this is Welcome back to the Saturday Splash, where you have joined us on an, an adventure, on a voyage. We are currently imagining we are on the west coast of Scotland, chilling out on board a boat. It's a lovely sunny day. You're welcome to join us. And we are looking for number four of my top five favourite UK ocean creatures and that is something that we might see cruising along towards the surface of the water. We'd spot it because it has a huge fin along its back that sometimes sticks out the top of the water and it's something called a basking shark. Now they get that name because they like to hang around sometimes on the surface of the water. The food that they eat, something called plankton, which could be just the tiny little animals that live in the water. It might be baby crabs, baby octopus, um, all sorts of tiny little, tiny, tiny things called plankton. And sometimes when it's a nice hot sunny day, the plankton comes to the surface because it, it's chasing its own food that comes to the surface and enjoys the sun. And because there's loads and loads of plankton near the surface of the water, the sharks follow as well because these basking sharks are not ferocious predators like other sharks that we see on TV and on the internet. These ones are gentle filter feeders, which means they, they open up their mouth really, really wide. And that's where we see those pictures of these sharks swimming around with their big wide mouths. They filter that water over and pick out the tiny little animals that are living inside. Now, a question that I always had when I was a kid looking in my library books at these sharks that really captured my imagination was, can they close their mouths? Because they really look like those mouths are locked into place. And the answer is... Yes, in fact, they have to close their mouth. When they've got too much water inside their mouth, they will close their mouth and that kind of forces the water over their gills and it gets rid of the excess water that's in there. Now, another really cool fact about a basking shark's mouth is whilst they're gentle giants and they're not necessarily dangerous to humans, we'd always give them plenty of space, of course. Their mouth can get up to three foot wide when it's open. So I want you to look around you. If there are any kids around, 
Some of them are probably about three foot. Yep, someone could fit inside a basking shark's mouth. Obviously, we'd never recommend that. Even though they are gentle filter feeders, they wouldn't want you in there. But their mouths can get huge. Maybe that's swallowing, what, like an eight-year-old? Anyway, we won't try it out. But absolutely huge sharks, almost as long as a London bus. And huge mouths as well. Now, not very much eats them, but there is one other type of animal that might might give them a bit of a hard time, and that's something called a cookie cutter shark. Now, I don't know if we find these around in the UK, but one of the reasons we know a basking shark might have been been around a cookie cutter shark is that they might have a small circle of flesh. This is the basking shark we're talking about on their body, a small circle of flesh that has been removed, almost as if someone has taken up a cookie cutter and cut out a small circle of their flesh. This is the handiwork of the cookie cutter shark. These are small sharks that don't eat a whole animal. Nope, they just come along and use their mouths to take a small circle of flesh out of other animals like basking sharks and also like seals as well. And and they don't harm the rest of the animal, but they're left with these horrible big open wounds along their body. But that's the only thing, well, one of the only things that might bother a basking shark because they are just so big. So that's four out of my five top UK ocean creatures. What's on your list? And what is going to be number five? Well, we're going to make a round tour. We're currently up in Scotland, you can imagine. We're going to continue our journey around to the east side of the UK. We're going to take a stop in Yorkshire before heading back to Battersea. So what could be lurking in Yorkshire, I wonder? Well, we'll find out after this. Back to the Saturday Splash. My name, for today at least, is Captain Rosie, and we are on a voyage around the UK, about to make our final stop, looking for our favourite ocean creatures. And I did say the last stop we're going to make is actually in Yorkshire. What could be lurking there? Now, I think my last choice will probably surprise you. It's not your typical ocean creature, but it does remind us that life on land is very much connected to life in the water because I have chosen a tiny little bird called a puffin. Now, for many, many years, I actually thought that puffins were just penguins and I thought that they were pretty much the same animals that kind of lived on land and then took to the water to catch their fish. And do you know what? they are actually completely different. They might be small little black and white birds, but there is lots of different things going on. So first of all, you might have seen a penguin before at the zoo or something like that. They can get relatively big, you know, at least as like up to your knee height if you're an adult. Puffins are tiny, teeny tiny. In fact, I saw them when I was really, really young. I was lucky enough to see some puffins on a very special tour. They can only get up to about 18 centimetres. Now, if you've got a smartphone, there's a good chance that your smartphone is, you know, about 15 to 20 centimetres long. So really, puffins are not much bigger than your phone. And they do come on land and they do spend time breeding on the land in spring and summer. But actually, for most of their lives, these animals live at water, live in the water, live at sea. And that bright orange beak that they have, they only have that when they're on land. When they go back into the sea where they spend a lot of their lives, their beak goes grey. Now, one really cool thing about puffins is that their babies are called pufflings. And in fact, this animal is brilliant on land, is brilliant on the sea, and it's brilliant in the air as well. So when they come onto land in spring and summer times, they're mating, they're having their babies, they can actually dig underneath the ground and make a little burrow where they lay their eggs. So they're brilliant on land. 
They're brilliant at water as well. So they bob around on the water. They spend most of their life out of water, but they can use their web feet a bit like a boat rudder to steer them when they want to dive down underneath to catch their food. And they can dive down up to 60 meters. So that's pretty, pretty far um, for an animal that is, is a bird. And they're brilliant in the air as well. So unlike penguins that cannot fly, Puffins can flap their wings 40 times a minute. Now, you can imagine flapping your hands around. You're not going to get anywhere near 40 times, uh, sorry, 400 times a minute. They're brilliant at flying. So they take to land, air and sea. And they are my final ocean creature. Because even though they do spend time on the land, they remind us that life on land is connected to life in the water. In fact, life all around us is connected to each other. Um, so there we go. Puffins make it in fifth place on my ocean tour around the UK. Now we are almost out of time for the Saturday Splash today. Um, I do want to do a shout out to anyone listening, any kids or adults that really love nature and want to find out more about nature in London. I've got a great lineup of scientists joining me over the next few weeks. So if you do want to get involved, you can come and be live on air here at Riverside Radio and talk about some really cool and strange and weird and wonderful creatures that live around us. Get in touch. You can email me at rosie at riversideradio.com get in touch and I'll let you know how you can get involved but yeah we've got lots of exciting things coming up over the next few weeks I can't wait to tell you more about them here on Riverside Radio this afternoon we've got the Riversiders coming up at 12 o'clock so stay tuned for that and I'll see you next week